Our traditions falter. Our courts dance and cavort to rancorous music. Our frontiers assaulted by enemies we fear to face. We are besieged. And yet our lords and warriors worry themselves over meaningless coin. We know the iron hearts of the women and men who crossed the vast ocean to land on this great continent. Promise. Our noble ancestors did not bring civilization to this land just to have it questioned by prideful philosophers. Our empire's champions were never meant to rule from within a glassy-eyed, sap-induced haze. Those damned greenbark kids. Those unnatural children. The woods may succor you, but you are in my domain, and I will crack your false hides and pour out the secrets within. You will know the weight of our tradition. In a world of iron, all beauty fades into rust. Welcome to the Crooked Thimble, where like minds meet. I'm your host, Trick Dempsey, and today, as well as for the coming months, we're doing something a little different. We are playing a role-playing game based on the world of Iron Immortals. This is a shared setting between this tabletop game, the video game and development of the Crooked Thimble, and my latest novel, Seven Days a Servant, which is currently available for pre-order on Inkshares. For this game, we will be using the Dungeon World system by Sage Latora and Adam Koble at Sage Kobold Productions. Dungeon World is a Dungeons & Dragons inspired hack of Apocalypse World by D. Vincent Baker. We will also be playing in a somewhat hacked version of Dungeon World. We've replaced some of the classes and altered the flavor of several spells and abilities because Iron Immortals contains no explicit magic, but rather the humans of the Nations of Promise rely on alchemy. We'll be posting links to the setting guide and character classes for download in the show notes, but for now, we're going to move on to introducing our players, creating our characters, and establishing where exactly our adventure will take place. First of all, Brianna, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Brianna Dempsey. I'm the web admin at crookedthimble.com. Hannah. Hi, I'm Hannah Garbez, and I don't have anything going on right now. <laughs> That's great. Bob. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bob Pote. I work as a lawyer in Los Angeles. And is that an is awesome gamer. Most... And is an awesome gamer. Oh yes, I am. I am a gamer. <laughs> we should list all that. All of us should list that as our profession. Oh yeah, and then... awesome gamer, professional. Yeah. 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 Pro gamer. I'm a board gamer. Ooh. Board gamer. Thank oh. you very much. That's that's uh, usually got like some kind of pedigree to it. Are you a role player or are you a role player? <laughs> mm, both. <laughs> I can see. Oh God, the flame wars that are going to be starting after this uh, after this goes live. Uh, okay, so we've done a little bit of talking offline. Some of us to I guess technically it's always off online, but regardless uh, about the characters that we want to play, uh, I looked at all of your emails coming in and. Generally, uh, Bob had the most like, uh, like concise desire, 
and it's a great character-driven desire of of questions sort of about the foundational questions of the 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 iron immortals universe what is the nectar what are the iron wells uh what is origin uh and you had a uh could you sum up what you would like as the core of your your character right uh a kind of bookish academic who has been forced out into the world type because she she's reached the limits of book learning and uh, I was interested in part by your description of how there's there are no wizard there's no wizard in the world there's no magic but there is alchemy and how uh, the same effects are achieved through science so this character would be you know driven largely by inquiry. Um, okay, uh, that is awesome. As sort of one of those weird side effects of the way the world works, so I'm going to give you a bit of a spoiler from some of the setting. Sure. There is also clearly magic, but it's not... Oh. Yeah, you get it. There's a magic because it's not all physics. Um, right, yeah, I'm not... I'm not going to be that guy who writes... Harry Potter, if he were raised by a an Oxford philosophy professor, <laughs> trying to you know determine the the sort of I don't know natural law roots of magic in in the Harry Potter universe. Um, so I would like to uh, pitch to you uh, this this sort of addendum to your your researcher out there going out into the world. Um, a lot of the traditions of this game world and sort of the, the foundation of the fiction and how there can be so few alchemists while there's still so many people who've been using alchemy for such a long time uh, is the idea that perhaps the university itself is going through a sea change whereby natural philosophy has dominated the thought processes of it. So people philosophically talk about things, but but scientific we're going to gather evidence or we're going to make controlled experiments and that sort of thing is not something that is caught on widely in the world and is considered revolutionary amongst the university. Um, so, okay. so you going out to experience things beyond what book learning and beyond what talking and grabbing, Oh, here's this exotic chemical that we've purchased from this merchant, uh, makes you, uh, Exceptional and also possibly laughable to some of your peers. I mean, that does mirror the the tension between, uh, you know, different schools of thought in during the actual real world Renaissance. In some ways, like objective evidence, <laughs> who needs that? We have yeah. thought versus people who are, yeah. Uh. Hannah, yes. uh, you uh, had Opal Smythe was a pitch that you had that was also, uh, I've tried to sort of steer you towards because it's also interested in the Verdwood is someplace where many of those secrets could be derived, and you mentioned a character who had an interest inside of the Verdwood. Could you sum up uh, the character who was pitched to me under the name Opal Smythe? Okay, yes. Um, after you're encouraging me to look into the Finnish roots of words, 
we have moved to uh, Kaya Wellsmith. Ooh. Nice. Um, and she is the niece of the um, architect, the grand architect. Um, but she is much more interested in the um, solid, real-world things that are happening. Um, but her uncle needs her to go forth and do and represent the Wellsmith family, represent him for him with the um, oh lordy lord uh, that with the the group that goes into the forest more. Okay, uh, that would uh, be the Order of the Wood. Order of Wood. Yes, the, the Order of Wood. Um, she's kind of, her personality is very um, abrupt and not diplomatic, so he sent her to a small group of people who were sympathetic to him in the hopes that they could teach her how to be more diplomatic. Uh, and perhaps she could also learn some things about the wood and bring them back to him because knowledge is power. Um, so, uh, when would, so, so I'm picturing a very, uh, God, what was her, what was her name in, uh, Patricia C. Reed's, uh, Enchanted Forest Chronicles? Uh, yeah, sort of. Um, uh, have you read, uh, Tamara Pierce's Becca Cooper series? Yes. No, I sadly have never read a Tamara Pierce book. We need to change that. Seriously, dude, for someone so well-read, you're shockingly not well-read. Okay, get, tell me the uh, name of a Tamara Pierce book that I should read. <laughs> Trickster's Choice. It's so good. Oh, there you go. It's even got my name in it. Yes. Yes, it does. All right. It's fantastic. It's been added to the follow-up section of my notes. There you go. <laughs> anyway, um, basically, this character is someone who is very interested in the world around her, Um but who approaches everything from a very practical, what can I do for it? What can it do for me standpoint, but also kind of the viewpoint of, well, I want to learn more about this thing because then I will know more and knowing more means being able to do more things and staying safe. And also, Hey, look, that's really interesting. Why is that wood glowing when I blow on it? (laughs) (laughs) That also falls within the bounds of weird plants. Uh, Okay, I, I shouldn't go down the list of weird plants that I've written down for, for existing in the world. We will make up more and terrible weird plants. Yes, uh, very good. Brianna, a quick pitch of, of what you're sort of attached to or attracted to for your character. Oh, good lord. I The only part of my character concept that I has coalesced at this point, and so I'm like, I'm not married to it, but um, a former sap runner uh, experienced at getting into and out of the fringes of the Verdwood at great peril. Also probably did a lot of drugs. Or possibly still does. Did slash does lots of drugs. Definitely did not write that down in the character bios now. (laughs) Um, okay, so I there's a weird requirement that I think is very important that Dungeon World does, and that I actually, uh, having listened to some gaming advice some, from some very smart people, uh, I would like to request that 
it's a requirement that all of you guys know each other, that you've worked with each other, you've done some sort of adventure together before. Um, and that's 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 a big deal because we'll also determine your bonds between your characters which is the final step of character creation based on this experience together. I would like to take that a step further and you guys are a team that that you've you've worked together enough that you have enough group identity that God's willing you even have a name for yourself as a collective. Um it doesn't need to be necessarily that far, but it'd be something that 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 you guys all have a shared interest inside of the forest, but it's helpful to know are your characters have you fallen into a mercenary life? Is uh, are you guys on the eastern edge of of the empire where the order of wood operates and so you're all sort of in orbit therefore of uh Kaya Wellsmythe because she's a noble from that area or all of you uh members of one of the various discovery guilds the the two of them the iron sentinels or the the true originalists and you're a squad for them or have you all run into each other as people who operate in and out of this area to do your research and you've just sort of found uh, a shared interest in this and just sort of done this as your trade you come out with enough good stuff from the woods that people let you live uh, because one of the important things to remember about this whole universe is the Empire is the only place that has coin. Literally everywhere else is a barter society. Um, right. Because medieval times were weird. And not enough fantasy universes have barter. I mean, <clears throat> given our shared interests in exploration I mean I'm thinking a discovery guild would be alright or maybe we are um, have been so maybe maybe uh, Wellsmythe is our, our patron for running into the woods and finding out what we can find um, you could you could uh, you could be in orbit of Wellsmythe in that fashion, either Grand Architect Wellsmythe or somehow have been hired by Kaya. But I don't think I want you guys to be the employees mm-hmm. of Kaya because that, yeah, I see the shaking of heads. Um, also, keep in mind uh, something I like to do, uh, particularly since uh, our map is a big old blank when it comes to the edges of the Verdwood, like the boundaries of the Empire versus not the Empire are not defined, and they don't necessarily... The University and the Empire don't need to be kissing each other. They could be separated by a no-man's land in which free cities exist. You could have picked up a patron, and if you would like to have a patron inside of town who you don't know if they're a member of one of these secret societies or not, that's also cool. We just need to name him and know a little bit about him or her, actually. Hmm. Patroness. Uh, also, I tend to uh, try to use neutral words for positions of power or it, or whatever in this society. Uh, so, for example, priests are priests regardless of their sex, because that one doesn't say man or Ron or have an ending to it. Uh, however, you know, tradespeople or tradesperson, 
uh, is what I'm trying to do because I'm trying to be good like that because I think it would be great for us to come up with some contacts you guys have in town and not necessarily know their sex until they, it comes up. <laughs> I'm kind of... All of a sudden, sexy time. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Some Lord sudden no. gendering. Lord, Lord <laughs> I was ambushed by gender. <laughs> Rachel is oh, shaking God. some of her sexual se- secondary sexual characteristics at me right now. Anyway, uh, I'm kind of on board with the idea of either openly or finding out that we've been in the employ of one of the Discovery Guilds. Both of those kind of sound cool to me. Um, otherwise, other excuses. I, I'm, I can easily be on the reforming end of being a sap runner or not. Whatever's best for you guys. Mm. Yeah, the fun thing about sap runners is even though they are listed under the university, there is no reason for them not to exist on the other side of the Verdwood as well. Um, and also, uh, if you were to have a patron of some kind, they could easily be paying you and wait as a sort of explanation for why it is that you heroes keep getting coin because a lot of the game orbits around this concept of coin. Mm. Mm. I forgot that about Dungeon World. Uh, it, it only does it a bit because it's a, it's a necessary predicate to a couple of their moves, but it's still handy. I've made mistakes about it how much water I brought to this tabletop. I've made mistakes about where to place my microphone in relation to being able to drink my water. I'm still trying to figure this out. Uh, So does anyone have a pitch or want to weigh in towards having a patron or being independent adventurers? I like the idea of having a patron. Um, I really like the idea of not knowing who the patron is and having a kind of secondary background quest be try to figure out who the heck it is because it's going to bug Kaya to no end to have somebody supporting her and not know who it is. That sounds pretty fun, honestly. Bob? Yeah. But that also so that that also maybe implicates that there's there's a go-between. There's a, a cigarette-smoking man from, from yeah. the X-Files. There's, there. there's a handler uh, that contacts us um, on behalf of his I'd like to... With that in mind, um, I, I would like to either... It's kind of strange to establish like the first time that you were approached by this this cigarette smoking man or any number of other handlers, the, the Mr. Johnson of the cyberpunk, uh, trope. <laughs> uh, but, uh, imagine if you will, you know, you guys have been back in town. You, you got some, some good loots. You made contact with wherever it is that you're, you know, some business that you're supposed to do your trade with and that you're going to get weight back. What was one time you were contacted by this guy? Uh, and I'm asking that to volunteer whoever has an idea of being contacted in a medieval fantasy setting well it wasn't even by a mysterious benefactor it wasn't even a person to person contact um, when Kaya was going to spend some of her weight at the local um, paper purveyor um, to acquire some 
some paper goods so that she could take notes on all the things that she has learned. Um, in amongst her various um, sheets that she got was a sheet that was not blank, but in fact contained very odd random numbers. And at the very top, the name of a book that she had in her possession already. When she figured out book code, so nice. you purchased you purchased a sheaf of paper. You purchased yeah a sheaf of papers. One of those sheaves, which may have been vellum, right, because yes. we haven't established whether we're using wood pulp or vellum at this point, was pre-printed or Rit- written. Written, handwritten. It contained a yes. book code. Uh, and. Uh, uh, did it, and and so you assembled the team when you decoded the book. Oh yeah, and I uh, assembled the team. Was drunk, this, you know, I brought out the book code in our little cos in the back of the bar where nobody else could see it and be like, "Look at this shit! It's so interesting." Uh, is everyone okay with you guys meeting in a bar? <laughs> oh hell yes! Always uh, are the best. In ways. that case, <laughs> well. Uh, what what terrible name does does this bar have? Soggy Bottom. There we go. Anyone? Anyone want to second or strike down Soggy I'm Bottom? I'm okay with Soggy Bottom. I am man. Oh, God damn it! God, sorrow. you guys can't be the Soggy Bottom boys because I don't think any of you are playing boys. <laughs> <laughs> Personal timeline <laughs> rule. I am playing. I am playing a female character. Every other the, character I play must be female, or at least uh, that, non, that, non non male gendered. Non male gendered. Fair enough. Usually uh, female. So you meet at this bar called the Soggy Bottom. You've essentially fucking Mission Impossible, a uh, a, a goddamn mission. Uh, do you? Uh, are there? Do other people? That, to your knowledge, ever receive messages from this mysterious source? Uh, do they also convene at the Soggy Bottom? No, we have no clue. How would we know? This is the first time I've gotten any paper from this guy. There's no way we would know anything okay. about this. This is just like, I'm just like, this is where we sit down to talk, and I'm like, hey, this is decently private. It's not really private, but we're in a corner. We can kind of all sit and look at the paper together. And, you know, it's loud enough that nobody's really going to be overhearing us. So this is as private as we're going to get without being private. Can you think of a more private place than this public one? (laughs) Sure. We could get a room, (laughs) I guess. It's just us girls Uh, here. What? Um, um, Okay. So, uh, features that have been uh, that have been mentioned so far. We have a mysterious benefactor. We have a middleman with seemingly infinite resources for contacting people. I think um, that a later job, probably totally the paper showed up, is on the inside of the paper wrapping one of my scores. Mm. Oh, okay. So this is definitely... This isn't somebody who's doing some sort of, like, convoluted... Watchman style uh, Rube Goldberg machine. This is some motherfucker who's found some way of like magicking words into a place you'll find them. Maybe, or just stalks us. Yeah. Hard to say. Yeah. Or, or stalks you. you. 
Okay. This yeah. is good. I, I'm glad you have a scientist on your team because this will this will happen. Well, I mean, this is I, I the 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 one the the means of acquiring the paper that I gave was something that she does every time. So it's very regular. She has mm. a predictable pattern as far as like, okay, Same. I've come back from wherever we've been. I'm going to go and sit down and write down everything I learned so that I don't forget it and so that I can think about it. I need new paper for that. Right. I'm concocting a ghostwriter hypothesis right now. A, yep. a nice. disembodied yep. spirit that can manipulate words. <laughs> That's exciting. It's also possible. Very unlikely. Nope. <laughs> nope. It's possible. Definitely didn't type that down. Uh... Uh yeah that that's that's all good oh god okay that's that's great uh, I mean so what kind of uh, town is this it's a town that's got a bar that probably uh, means that it's got a trading post of some kind a brewery because those are necessary to keep people alive because water is hard to keep clean right. um it has a paper shop uh, so it's decently pa- large like a small town is not going to have uh-huh. a paper shop or a place where you can buy paper in general. Yeah, unless you've gotten a regular contract for it to show mm. up from home to this location. So I was thinking this was home. Is this some other location? Ah. I was figuring this was like this was this was us going back at the end of a thing and then going to get sent out well, again. Well, I was, but it, well, I was, I was meaning your yeah. home. Like, like your home is on the west side of the empire because that's where the master, the grand architect of the ah. sky. No, no, this uh, would be like the home base of the um, the Order of the Woods. Okay. That's what I was thinking. Okay. Like, because that's so, where she's been for the last six years or something. For establishing that we were been a group. Like, the first time Kaya left the city was when she went to the woods. So, okay. if we're going to be established, then it's got to be that she's already been there for a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here we have on somewhere somewhere near to the Verdwood, this town, this 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 large town, village. Actually, I can't remember the definition between town and village right now. I think and towns are usually matters. towns are bigger than villages. Yeah, that's what I thought because I think a town has a parish. Um, and even then, this is Catholicism we're talking about that created these definitions in the first place. So whatever. Uh, if I remember right, and we're not following those definitions because we're not going to put cathedrals places. Uh, there is no, there's no Catholic style uh, uh, religion inside of this this universe. Uh, speaking of universe, how did uh, unnamed tactician scientist uh, find himself? inside of Empire Territory or a large town at the edge of, of Empire Territory that the Order of Wood operates out of? Well, I'm, uh, I'm thinking that uh, my alchemist, scholar, tactician person is on sabbatical from the university. Um, <laughs> uh, having controversial opinion that field work is necessary for uh, to drive to drive um, to drive studies and 
uh, research and, and things of that nature. And so, beg the department head. Department head rolls his eyes, sends me out to the Verdwood. Um, after actually, I propose the Verdwood because I've, I've I've been in contact occasionally with uh, members out there, not not university members, but sort of like-minded individuals who uh, have been exploring the Verdwood and have taken the novel step of, like, actually talking with sap runners and <laughs> writing down accounts of what they find. Most um, people okay. don't listen to us sap runners. They think we're just drugged out of our minds constantly. Ethnographic studies. Oh god. Uh, The university is dominated by uh, names which tend to be uh, European derived, but also like specifically Western European derived. English language, Greek language, and uh, academia and names of saints. Those are those tend to be where. Uh, I take names that are university people. That's funny that it's names of saints without Catholicism. Without Catholicism. That's very strange. That's right. Um, because they're they're the ones who get uh, the 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 weird names. Uh, You could also theoretically choose just some nouns and smash them together. Um, Who is this? Who is this first like-minded individual? Um, well, a like-minded sap runner, maybe, or or academician that has been out there. Call, uh, call him, I don't know, Tristram. 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 Good Western medieval name. <laughs> That's a good Western medieval name. It could probably appear in an opera. I um, might go with Isolde for my, my character's name now. <laughs> god. Oh my god. Hi, I'm uh I'm Isoldi. Uh, you pronounce the E at the end? I do today. Is- Isolde. Isolde. Scott already left, so Isolde. I can't ask. He's the one that knows. I think it's Isolde. Isolde. I think it's Isolde. Um, okay, so you have you have an acad- academia contact down here who is a like-minded person who may or may not be in league with sap runners or a frequent customer of theirs. Totally is a frequent cu- customer. Who goes by the name yeah. of Tristram. Tristram. Um, okay, that's... Maybe not that's... frequent, but regular. So I'd like a, to uh, ask... A 2% solution to, you know, clarify the mind. Uh, okay so now we've got we've got one more person to ask so Brianna you used to do uh, favors for this Tristram but now you've 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 through him ended up meeting these these people they seem fine um, for some reason Uh, we'll figure that out Tell us what that reason is, or tell us what is it that made you stop being a member of a saprunner gang primarily and start primarily being a member of this gang. 
Somehow I don't think they'd appreciate being referred to as a gang as much as my old gang did. Somehow, I have this suspicion. Uh, your old gang? Which was called? Uh... Shit. These are peasant names. They can be anything. <laughs> I know, but I don't... Uh, something green bark. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. How about how about Kirby and Miller? <laughs> <laughs> Kirby and Miller would be if they had a storefront. I don't yeah. think this is a gang that has a storefront. No, we were we were never that cool. Um, uh, th- would you like to be the Wastrel's Green Bark? Sure. Okay. Um. I suspect either I am up here with these guys because my former sap running group ran in with the university officials a little too closely or have otherwise been put out of business if i might recently out of if business. i might suggest, so do you have ideas um what if everyone including you got caught and the but the university officials you were able to persuade them to um, employ you in some way as their um, patsy spy. Uh, anyway, use your use your skills and your persuasion to get out of the actual jail, and instead, now the university is kind of like, okay, well, we'll let this gal go free, and, and maybe she'll come back to us with secrets, or maybe. They want to know. Oh, they want to know how to make sap, and you tell them you can do it, but you don't really not going to really tell them that. Duh! But you, you persuade them that you can maybe, maybe figure it out. Maybe, maybe. I am definitely playing a much less intellectual character ah. than either of you two. <laughs> In fact, I believe she's illiterate. Ah, that will make helping her explain to her the book code much harder. <laughs> I imagine there is much drinking and laughter. Indeed. <laughs> Probably I, I really love the idea that the message had to be... When, when the message was slipped into uh, her stash, it was actually slipped onto several of them, and it's just this one that you guys noticed when she came and unwrapped it at your private table in this public place. It was just like, wait, what's written on that? Oh, it's the same stuff that's been written on it for a week. Mother... <laughs> That's Don't perfect. you know how we get our secret missions? Yes. Okay. Okay. That was legit. Well, then obviously you yeah. persuaded the university official with your feminine wiles to let you go. Probably feminine wiles probably promises of no, really, I'm part of a much bigger uh, sap running ring and um, I'll give you all their names. They were our competitors. Ah. There you go. Oh, you're you're that yeah. guy. They were jerks. They were selling sap for weight instead of barter. Who does that? Who who does that? <laughs> it just makes people get in debt. That's bad. Oh, okay. Uh, so we've got the wastrel screen bark. You guys meet at the soggy bottom. Uh, Kaya actually has a name. Uh, you are contacted by something that may or may not be the Ghost Rider, um, and you still have a mysterious benefactor who you don't know who. That's it is. bugging the heck out of me. That's uh, that's got to be bugging the heck out of out of uh, all of you. Uh, now I would like to know 
Uh, we've got sort of a vague concept. Let me make certain I'm doing character creation in approximately the right order. <laughs> uh, I'd love to know what kind of classes y'all are actually going to be. Starting with the guy who's got a relatively easy decision, Bob. Right. I wanted to go with Alchemist specifically. Um, if that doesn't fit for any reason or needs to go somewhere else, I'm guessing that the more academic, the other sort of academic types in this universe would fit in with cultists. Or maybe bard, maybe even druid. Seems that the druids have some kind of um, like they're. It's not just a class, but there's like a a a, uh, a political organization in this world that is called the druids. Um, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, if you were a university person and a druid, it would not be that you were a member of the druid organization, but rather because you would have essentially found some fundamental rule to the universe that allows you to turn into animals because that's the that's the thing druids do inside of the as a class right um, and i think you would genuinely be the only person on the in the world who is able to do that yeah there's a lot of like i remember hearing in the dungeon world development process they were like banging their heads trying to make the dun- the, the druid spell list um, unique and interesting, and then they eventually threw up their hands and said, "What are we doing? What do druids do? <laughs> do they need magic spells? No, they have a shape-shifting move, and they can, you know, have these other little things that allow them to use the power of the planet or the power of the land or or something." Uh, but uh, it was uh, kind of moment of digging down into the ethos of Dungeon World. It's like, well, you make moves that fit what you want, not necessarily, you know, bound by the design principles of Dungeons and Dragons. But, that aside, yes, that's tangent. Uh, Alchemist. Alchemist sounds great. Uh, I'd love to be the Alchemist. Hannah, do you want to, uh, I don't know how you would duel, because we're not physically in the same space, um, which says something about how I resolve conflicts. Uh, but uh, do you want to be an alchemist or a cultist? No. Uh, or are you showing an interest in... Oh, no. Class? I could totally do um, the ranger class or the fighter class. I am cool with either of those. Alright, then congratulations, Bob. You're an alchemist. Uh, I'm gonna reread that Paulo Coelho book. <laughs> What book? The Alchemist. Oh, God, yes. Okay, sorry. Derp. Fine. Whatever. Ah. This is the <laughs> Trick is Secretly Illiterate uh, podcast. <laughs> uh, he's never read anything. Uh, I haven't read fiction in a long time. I, yeah, yeah, there's a lot in the way of doing that. I end up reading the first hour of fiction and being like, did you catch me? You didn't. Goodbye, book. Um... And then along came uh, Locked In, and I read the whole thing in, like, two sittings. Uh, all right, so Hannah, you, uh, Hannah and Brianna, I think, could theoretically have a small-scale duel over Ranger. I've been but... looking at Barbarian. It fits Saprunner a lot better. 
Okay, so Brianna's a barbarian. That answered that question. Hannah, are you going to want to go sure. with Ranger? Ranger Fighter. sounds good. We're going to be going out into the Verdwood. It'd be good to have somebody that can, you know, go out into the woods. Uh, what kind of bizarre animal would you like your animal companion? A bark cat. A bark cat. That's great, because we've already got sap spiders. Now we've got bark cats. I think that's awesome. Now, I, Spelled B-A-R-Q-U-E. God. Okay, one second. Let me write that. B a r q u e. Yes. Bark cat. Why is it called that? Because it's another book you haven't read. (laughs) Uh, Now is that two words or one? Is it bark cat? Like two words words. or is it bark cat? It's two words. Okay. Fucking rangers. I'm not sure I've read that book. Which one is Uh, it? Anne McCaffrey's Rowan series. I have not done that Ooh, one. Oh, they're good. All right. It's like fantasy space travel. Ah. Oh, I mean, but her dragon book is fantasy Well, this space is much travel. more space and less fantasy. Oh, okay. That happens. That That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think each of you uh, on your character sheets, because you now have character sheets, congratulations, uh, you should have... I can't remember how we broke down the uh, different nationalities do they actually have separate lists on each of them for what weird move or benefit you get for being from a place oh no uh, mm, I see oh no because it's the, the, it's the, back- the background the background section yeah. of it the background section has the you know standard fantasy races uh, taken or well renamed into other things that give the same moves okay we were not That's- that creative yeah, that was the plan. We I wanted mean, to make this not be the end of the world. Right. Uh, uh, in that case, uh, I think each of you know what to do for your race slash background uh, on your character sheets. You just check the one that either applies to you the best or that you love the most if you want it to not necessarily fit the fiction. Great. Uh, it should say background because normally it says race, but we don't have races in this game. Not in that sense, but in the real world sense, there are still races, essentially. Um, um, so, uh, at that point, I think we all get to choose names. Uh, I'm so bad at this part. I know, but we already have Kaya Wellsmythe, the ranger. <laughs> Uh, with her fucking bark cat. Like, I'm gonna come... Like, I'm showing up to the next game with bark has... With barks has bite. Uh, just, like, holding that up. Yeah, he does. Oh, God. Bark cat has bite. It's not a trick. It's basically just a large, are, are like, s- an Aussie cat. You know, it's just a cat. It's not as big as a tiger or a leopard, it's, but it's bigger than a normal cat. It's like an ocelot size. Oh, are, are you... Are you sure you don't want it to be? Uh, if you if you made that friend in the woods, it can be much more lizard or much more plant or much more insect than all of those things. Mm. Nope, it's a cat. Nope, you're it's you're you're fine with the nope, big cat because especially because she didn't make that friend in the woods. She made that friend in the city. Oh, okay, that's fine. Now I know. Now I know that that the, the empire at least has bark cats. <laughs> Which are big cats, which they've... Are they normally tame, or do you have a special, like... You're the only one who gets along with this. When people walk... When you walk into a bar with a bark cat, 
Do people step aside, or do people say, may I pet your cat? Um, people step aside and then say, may I pet your cat? It's intimidating. Okay, so it's, like, so it's not like... It's intimidating and unusual, up but it's not unheard of. Okay, it's not a tiger. It's not a tiger uh, in downtown Seattle. No, it's not a tiger in downtown okay. Seattle, but it might be like a super domesticated looking wolf. Sure. Okay. Those are those are things. Uh, that's that's like owning an Akita. Um, yeah. 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 Fair. Uh, okay. Does anybody else have? Nobody toast fighters, so you don't have like a weird secondary choice to make. Uh, wizards. I mean, sorry, alchemists don't have a a weird requirement. Barbarians sure as hell do. Uh, Brianna, what is your barbarian's problem? Uh, okay. So, barbarians have a problem. They have Herculean appetites. And I think, God, I need to come up with a name. Uh, that'll come later. Um, Genophytehood. The Herculean appetites are how does this move thing work? You, you're going to pick two of those. Uh, do I pick two or do I pick one? You pick two. Choose two appetites. Under Herculean appetite, it says, others may content themselves with just a taste of wine or dominion over a servant or two, but you want more. Oh, Choose I'm two appetites. I'm just really bad at reading. <clears throat> okay, that's Sorry, fine. we're good now. Sorry. Um, so probably, I think you, sap abuse would probably be somewhere in the mortal pleasures Herculean appetite. Absolutely. Um. Mortal pleasures is a, is one of your Herculean appetites. And I think she might be a bit of a braggart, so fame and glory might be, might be okay. good. That's, that's par- this is probably great. part of why she and her gang got caught before. I was going to say, you are the worst surreptitious operator of a criminal enterprise I'm not the person running it. I'm just good at getting out of the forest alive. Wunderbar. Uh, Great. Uh, Do you... Do you have a name? Um, So I'm trying to remember. I think I want to be kind of neither university folk nor proper empire folk. Were, like, the peasants and serfs in that area, did they have, like, weird, just kind of basic objects names? Uh, yes, both serfs in either the Empire and the... They're not called serfs in, uh... In the Empire... In, uh... In the University, both cases, they could just have crazy noun names. You could be named Territory Jazz if you wanted. (laughs) I'm probably not gonna go that far? Hmm. Uh, okay, we're gonna come back yeah, to you. Yeah, come back to me for names. Bob, your, your alchemist. Uh, also, if you want to come up with a uh, either dumb, complicated academic title for yourself, or the name of the branch of the university that you, uh, you work for, uh, both of those things would be greatly appreciated. Alright. Um... I'm getting more and more wedded to uh, Isolde um, as a name. Oh god, we're actually going with Isolde. Sure. 
Oh, I love this. Sure. Sure. That's great. Uh, Does this old have a, a crazy last name that makes it sound even more imperious and referential to opera? <clears throat> um, yeah, let's come up with something like that. Uh, let's see. I don't know uh, whether I should recommend or forbid either Handel or Wagner. I was Handel going to suggest Wagner. Wagner. I mean, Wagner, Wagner did come to mind. I thought, um, let's see, how about... Uh... Oh man, combining with, 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 with Spanish saint names makes Isolde sound real crazy, so none of that. Isolde Santiago? That's Isolde hard to say. Isolde de la Mancha? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna Ridiculous. tilt it. Windmill, uh, she's, windmills she's as a mold. old Cabeza de Vaca. That's not Cabeza a saint. Cabeza de Vaca. Santa de Vaca. Santa Solange. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Zolt uh, uh, Schrodinger. If we're going scientists. <laughs> oh God! But don't do Schrodinger. Do Feynman at least. Oh, uh, so for you want to do a German name? I don't know if Feynman. Heisenberg. Ah. Heisenberg. Is old Heisenberg. Oh god, is she Heisenberg. there or not? You better take the invisibility uh, spell when you uh, get a chance. Uh, Alright, is old Heisenberg. Do you have a, a dumb professor title or a, a, part, a, a university section, segment, whatever those are called? Um, assist, assistant, assistant adjunct professor. <laughs> oh god. Of, um, Basket weaving? No. Of, um... Let's see... Tactical and ethnographic studies. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I hate to... God, where would you even put that? You know, so, so the established... The, there are very few established schools on the Council of Deans. One of them is the Dean of Communication and Humanity, who studies people... Um, but I don't think you would be an invisible gardener. Um, so, uh, I mean, I, it's a, it could be a sub-department, it could be a new department, <laughs> a proposed department. God, that's, I really love that there is a, the Department of Tactical and Ethnographic Studies. That's just, I, I, I picture both people that are like you who just go out and study things for the hell of it and I also picture like spies standing on the west wall watching how the grand architect fights against raptors and just taking notes <laughs> someday we have to go to war with these people let's be prepared ugh everything's bad everything's <laughs> so bad I mean that's the um, world dungeon world okay. right yeah, no, this that's this is everything's working out. Uh so you've got a Oh no, you get to choose your look. Uh now you can go with the things that are on the sheet, that is the recommended thing, because characters are semi disposable. Uh but there's always a blank on the sheet for you to fill in. Uh but these give you some good sort of obvious ideas. Uh we yeah, uh, tell us about Isolde Heisenberg. What does she look like? All right. Um, hmm. 
go with let's go with stylish robes. Fair. Stylish robes. Uh, let's go pudgy body. Because she doesn't work out all that much. She's she's she but she pays attention to fashion. That's right. That's right. Um Sharp eyes. Sharp eyes. And uh styled hair. Styled hair. Uh so tell me something about Isold. She's got styled hair and she's got stylish robes. Yeah. Uh, she currently finds herself uh embedded in an Imperial City. Uh and Imperial Cities both have a, a strong break between country and capital, because the capital is rapidly approaching not Sun King levels of of overspending, but it's certainly not they got costume and fashion. Those are things that exist in Kunin Forge. Kunin Forge has fashionistas. Uh, when you say that you're stylish, are you, you know, sticking with university style? I have the best robes for a university person. I'm easily identifiable. Or could somebody walking into town think you've wandered in from court? I'm thinking that um, she doesn't actually have that much money. So, right, she's always modifying and making, you know, flair choices. For her robe, it's always trying oh, out God, new things. You with realize her hair. I'm going to ask you about these from time to time, right? That's right. That's right. I will invoke the spirit of rarity. Yes, that would that would be perfect. Um, all right, uh, Hannah, because I'm just going to go by pictures now. Back from Bob, Hannah, what on earth does Kaya look like? All right, I wrote it down. Oh, good. Um. Yes, uh, her body is muscular. She takes care of herself. Um, her eyes are alert. Um, her hair is pulled back out of the way. Um, her clothes are, in a word, practical. Ah. Close-fitting but not tight designed. Desi- Close-fitting but not tight designed for freedom of movement. All right, so she's the the, the pseudo professional killer of the group. Gotcha <laughs> with her bark cat. Uh, great, wonderful. Not not subtle, just emphatic. Fair. All right, uh, tell us about uh, currently nameless sap runner. Well, so I have a question about: Is this too dumb a name? Oh, that's tough. Fair. Continue. Impediment read? Uh, I mean, that's... That's certainly a name that, for example, the fucking Dalai Lama could have easily ended up with. Uh, because of that whole story with Siddhartha naming his children. Uh, impediment read is fine. Uh, what do you go... Do, do you go by... Do people call you read? Probably. Or do people call you ped? Uh, I think most people call her Reed. Um, impediment, I think that's like familial scolding, whipping out the full name kind of thing. Okay. 
Uh, so, so did like, like when you were growing up, did people just call you the Reed Child because they felt ashamed of your first name, or did like all the th- there were no school kids because that's not how it works for poor people in this nation? Uh, I or did, actually did the other kids. I actually think impediment came later in life, um, oh, no. because of the parkour bullshit. Okay, I get it. Yeah, because you when you developed parkour bullshit, you became impediment Reed. Also, you were just read that whole time. Also, when I joined the gang, my bragging was definitely also problematic. Fair enough. Let me just write brags, and uh, let me remember your uh, your lusts. That's not what they're called. What are they called? Appetites. Uh, that was mortal pleasures and fame and glory. Oh man, man, you are just—you are the worst person to have in a criminal organization. She is not good at criminal organizations. She's just... yeah. I'm glad that you guys take secret missions from a mysterious benefactor. This is great. Uh, I mean, I mean, breaking the properly law, run. Or just if you're a proper mastermind, you got your hitters, and you manage your hitters, <laughs> right? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I I get information on a need to know basis and frequently the answer is does Reed need to know? No. 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 <laughs> Reed doesn't. Don't tell Reed. <laughs> um the DTR has a new definition. It's don't tell Reed. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh. So okay, as far so, as look goes for Reed, um, just filling in those those oh God. blanks off the yes. character sheet, long shanks, uh, as opposed to mighty thews or other weird barbarian descriptors, uh, wild eyes. I'm debating between tattoos or bejeweled. Well, I mean, both of those are just crazy ways of showing off your wealth. Uh huh. I'm thinking tattoos, probably. Tattoos of increasingly gaudy colors. Probably. Okay, great. And possibly increasingly potentially poisoning myself. But anyway, um, we got this weird new ink out of the forest. You want to try it? What could, what's the worst that could happen? I'm high it, all the time. Um, clothes. What would weather inappropriate be? Because uh, I find so, for barbarian types, weather inappropriate clothes to be hilarious, but I don't know what that would be for where we are, so I don't know if it would be um, fun. So, so you're on uh, sort of the southern side like imagine that you were in southern scotland weather except for mysteriously there is also a rainforest here but there can be rainforests in surprisingly cool places Mm -hmm. i'd point out that there's one about 100 miles north of us um so yeah uh it's cold winters but it still gets into hot summers uh you get plenty of rain so it's hard. To, uh, it's hard to be weather inappropriate because it's all all the different kinds of weather. Yeah, well, because there are what seasons. the weather is. Yeah. When, when the weather changes, your outfit changes to something inappropriate. Oh God, uh, that might be hilarious. 
Either that or you've worn the same outfit or variations upon it all the time. You found one thing, you like it, and you stick with it. That also... Hmm. I mean, if we want to start in summer and you're just, you know, a wash with wolf pelts isn't really an option because I don't think we have wolves and oh my god, you're a wash in what are they called? Bark cat pelts? I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe with a croxabore quill uh, ruff or something. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. So it's it's weather inappropriate except in the coldest of winter days. Except for you're just like whatever, fuck it. It's. This is my wolf and croxabore pelt outfit, and I love it. <laughs> I also, I like the idea, I'm tickled by the idea of a barbarian warrior who gets cold easily. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> that maybe, maybe she was further south in the university lands where it runs hotter, and we're a little further north. Maybe, maybe she does just think it's colder here. Just all the time. She's just like, it's too cold. It's cold. Okay, so we get to choose our stat blocks now. Those should be on your sheets because it's it's a standard number of for your stats. A sixteen, a fifteen, a thirteen, a twelve, a nine, and an eight. Uh you guys should arrange these however you like. You might have already started fiddling with that. Uh that results in you having modifiers that are I think off by one, if you're very familiar with D&D, I believe the threshold for getting a plus one is different, yep. and otherwise they're the same. I don't remember what barbarian moves run off of. Uh, That's not really, I think, how you would describe things as necessarily working. Oh. Oops. Uh, they, they are expected to be strong, but nonetheless, they're not going to be... Uh, going off of a lot of stuff. Probably the important thing to know is that uh, your Defy Danger is going to heavily be sort of determine the personality of how you survive things. Uh, Dex is a very common Defy Danger for combat. Um, Hack and Slash is strength. So if you want to hit people and do the extra damage because you're going to be getting critical hits, you're going to want to have a bunch of strength. Hmm. Um... But the base moves actually end up having more references to specific stats than uh, the advanced moves for your class, if I remember correctly. Especially for a barbarian. Uh, You do like constitution because you have the ability, what are you waiting for? Uh, Where you can challenge your enemies and uh, essentially taunt based on your constitution. Also, if you ever have a weapon, you have the messy tag. So when you when you describe what you do to someone, it's not good. Nope. Other people are hitting people and it's like, ah, oh, you bloodied his nose, or you tired them out, or their hit points are getting low, and you're like, I take off a leg. And then beat them with it. And then beat them with it. Yeah, you, the, the, the fiction has to respect these things that you're doing. And they're all awful. I'll try to be at least slightly polite about my barbarism. Uh, does anybody else have uh, questions about stats? Or I don't know what you should do. Click your mic if your stats are ready. That's not good. Say something if your stats are ready. I'm all good. 
Okay. I'm slow. Uh, what is what is your strong stat, Hannah? Dex. Okay, so you are a, a dexterous uh a dexterous dexter dexter. What is your weak yeah. stat? Your dump your dumpy dump stat. Charisma. Oh oh that's good. That fits, because you said that you're blunt. Yes. Um I, I like the idea that you're you're a person of of good breeding you're you know you're quite beautiful by the classical senses because you come from the families that are considered fashionable and so you kind of look like the fashionable people it's just that it's just kind of like maybe you 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 kind of stomp around town you look super violent I'm the female Gaston you're the god <laughs> but everybody loves Gaston Do even they? when he's a tropical storm <laughs> I'm especially good at precipitating oh. <laughs> No one Bob. storms like Gaston, makes clouds forms like Gaston, disrupts meteorological uh, norms me. like Gaston. <laughs> uh, tell me, what is uh, Isold? Uh, what is her, her strong stat? Presumably Int, now that I think about it. You presume correctly. Yes, the game doesn't work if you don't choose Int, for all intents and purposes. <laughs> Uh, what is what what dump stats or stat or stats have you chosen? Lowest is strength. Fair. You're going to be tough. Like mixing it up is a thing that still happens to everyone. Uh, how is your con? Well, that's the second lowest, so that's plus zero. <laughs> oh dear. Squish, Yours. squish, squish. Classic alchemist. Squishy. Uh, has has anybody chosen a good wisdom? I'm curious. Wisdom is my second stat. Okay, that's good. Great. Wisdom Discern realities is a. Did you say the same with you? Yeah, second highest for me. Also, okay. I do plan on getting the, at some point the the alchemist move that allows me to discern realities with intelligence. Nice. Ah, okay. That's good. Discern Realities is like one of my very favorite moves in this game, and I wanted to make certain that you guys could do it. My bark cat helps me with that. Nice. Your bark cat helps you with Discern Realities because of course it does. Because it's got it's that a... tag on it. That's what it says. It says, when you Discern Realities, I add it's my bark cat's cunning to my roll. That's what yep. the sheet says. Yep. Nope. That is that is the right thing to say. That is that is what rangers are good at. They find things. Yep. And they figure stuff out. Yep. You can't spout lore to save your life, but damn it. Actually, you probably can because I bet you took int not as your worst stat. Nope. It's my it's my twelve. So it's right there. Brianna right Lana? there in the middle. Do you have your stats? I think so. Did you take your high dex because you're parkouring this shit up? Uh, dex is my second highest. <gasps> Con your highest is? is my highest. Okay, that's great. Because that means you can taunt, you've got a billion hit points. Mm-hmm. That's, that's wonderful. What's your terrible stat? definitely my dump stat. Yeah, surprise. I thought it, I was I was wondering whether it was going to be wisdom, since you've got this whole drugs thing. <laughs> wisdom is the nine. Uh, okay... Okay, this is good. This is good. We know something about the town. Uh, you can set your max HP now. 
Uh, I think you can also determine your load at this point, which should be a, how you determine that should be on your character sheet. And this is the point where I mute my microphone and uh, go to the other room and see if I can find a physical copy of the Barbarian character sheet. Oh, balls. Uh, I would note it, so where you'll find your load calculation is in your starting gear. It'll say max load equals a number plus stra. Uh, one of the weird things about how notations are done in this game is if it's the three-letter acronym, it's your modifier, and if it's your... if it's actually written out, it is the, the literal stat. I believe the only thing that uses the literal stat in the whole game is your hit points are your constitution plus a number. Mm. Oh dear. Uh, That's good. I, didn't, I you'll, didn't print one out. You'll you'll print out a new one and I'll you will take notes. So my load is six. Your load is six. I love that the that like I was looking at the paladin for reference, which starts with a base of twelve. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. You don't need to carry tons of stuff. It's not like you're going to weigh yourself down with armor, or that you can weigh yourself down with armor. My load I is can choose leather. God, what does a barbarian start with? Now I'm just super curious. Like as far as load goes, because it could be a little because they don't necessarily need clothes. <sighs> I am eight plus strength. That's that's fine. That all makes sense. Uh, you can set your maximum hit points. That's going to be your literal, your constitution, plus some base amount that it's going to say on your sheet. Um, and now you get to choose your starting moves, uh, which we sort of already did. Um, some of you will have more choices than others, like Brianna. I'm super curious whether you're going to be full plate and packing steel, thus making yourself... Nope, she's shaking her head. Unencumbered. Unharmed. As long as you are below your load and neither wear armor nor carry a shield, you have plus one armor. That's my plan. That's your, that's your whole plan. Uh, if I remember right, there is actually uh, an advanced move that makes that even crazier. But I can't remember what it is. It's pro I'll find it. Okay. Um, does anybody else have any other weird starting moves stuff that they need to resolve? I'm just figuring out. I, um, I have to pick my spells. What formulas is your alchemist going to have? And that will require me also to pick, pick my background because I'm still a little unsure whether to go precocious or elder die. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I do like the ability of cross classing into. Like into healing magic um, of some kind using Eldritch Eye. But. Yeah, you do. Detecting do magic. You not is, have a cross class skill in. Uh, oh, God, it says the wizard on one page and the alchemist on the other. Oops. Oops, yeah, you yeah, do. Yeah. There might be. There might be. Yeah, actually, there, there's a move that allows me to get one later if I wanted. Okay. In fact, okay, so depending on how you interpret um, some some of these advanced moves, maybe I could I could transform. Yeah, the 
using the Prodigy, choose a spell, you prepare that spell as if it were one level lower. If With your permission, I might be able to reduce first level spells to cantrips using that move. But, you know, either way, Detect Magic is probably more... Um, if I remember right, Prodigy has been clarified that you can't do that because cantrip isn't a level. Right. It's not a zeroth level, it's its own class of things. I mean, yes, sure, but, you know, it doesn't really matter. Having a first level, having Detect Magic be a first level spell or a cantrip for me is, you know, probably, yeah, take it or leave it. Um, but it seems more in keeping with my character's academic background than having a cultist spell. I, I really like the idea that you sat in on the lectures by natural philosophers and you figured out, you were like, you know what, the catalyst, this thing that you use, your, your stand-in for holy symbols because rules, uh, yeah. that's not needed for this interaction. You just wave it around like a, like a boogeyman. Here, let me show you how it's done. I think that's pretty fun. Yeah, alright. I wonder what spell I should pick, though. <laughs> Probably Cure Wounds. That seems cure to be Wounds the most is useful. a pretty classic one to, to do that cross-classing with. Yeah. Ray, uh, raise dead in a or, party composed of two other fighter types. Right. Ra- raising the dead also strikes me as, like, pretty funny. Oh my. But... Yeah. Alright. I'll go with, um... I'll pick Cure Wounds. At, I'll, I'll go with, um... Eldritch Eye and pick Cure Wounds. Yeah, I mean, Cure Light Wounds is, is interesting. Magic Weapon is hilarious, but at the same time, you do loads of... You, you will have a million damage spells available to you. It is hilarious to take Speak with Dead. It is hilarious to take Speak with Dead. Um, and Cause Fear is also very funny. Yeah. So am I reading this correctly that I start with like all three of these things? Uh, let me see yeah. your ranger. So hunt and track, called shot, and command. They're all checked on, pre-checked for me on the sheet. Correct. The only thing you'll have to do is you have like a bunch of choices to make on your animal companion for okay. like, oh, it's a, you've already said. Yeah, I've already made all those choices. Cat. Okay, yeah, that's the that was the tough stuff that you had to do because otherwise you have command called shot and hunt and track, which yes means the rangers are the only ones in the entire game that can make the called shot thing. Really, happen. that's awesome. Yeah, because otherwise you're volleying multiple shots at people using the volley move. Um, though you you get a lot of leeway for oh that one that struck true what did it strike into this thing but you get definitive bullshit things you can do to people like the headshot, which is just awesome. I'm a big fan of the arm shot. They drop everything they're holding. Anything they're holding. Ah. Just, ah! Yeah. Uh, I also like hobbled and slow moving. Like, all of these are funny. I've, I, I, my, my one Dungeon World character that I played for a while was uh, a ranger with a bomb jacket because I was also playing in a a uh, terrible setting that used fictional monsters as the creatures' bomb jackets were cat-sized yellow jackets that exploded on death. Wow, I didn't know that part. That's why they're called bomb jackets. <laughs> it just doesn't come up because I didn't let them kill mine because I love it. <laughs> That's me and Tengu. 
Yeah. Um, wait, the name of your bark cat is Tengu? That's going to be super confusing because Tegu is a creature Okay, in I can setting. name it something else. But that's no, fine. Th- that's just the first thing that came to mind. It doesn't really matter. It can be Angus. Is... Okay. Angus yeah. is good. See, I, I live to not confuse. For now. Angus the... Uh... Angus the bark cat. Oh yeah, no, later we will be naming exotic plants and animals dumb things that will confuse all of us. It'll be great. It's like No Man's Sky all That's over again. That's what Scott's playing right now! Uh, surprise! <laughs> Alright, Master Alchemist. Uh, I can't remember how many spells you choose, but I suspect it says so on the sheet. Three first level spells as well as all cantrips. Right, yeah. I think I, I will go with Precocious so that I can get detect magic as as a um, as a cantrip. I figure I'm going to be asking that question a lot with some of our investigations. What here is magical? Yeah, it um, makes it so. So essentially, that decision we're already getting into sort of a more investigative. Like we're going to be having wilderness explorations, but now that you've got a mysterious benefactor and a guy who does like. Mission Impossible style drops. I think we've got much more detective work in this storyline now than we did before. Yeah, I'm fine with this. This is sounding good. And I'm uh, probably gonna pick up telepathy, magic missile, and contact spirits. That's my first level. Contact spells. spirits. What is this? Name the spirit you wish to contact. You pull that creature through the planes just close enough to speak to you. It is bound to answer any one question you ask to the best of its ability. Okay. Okay. It'll be fine. This is fine. So I got my I got my gun, I got my walkie-talkie, and I got my Google. I'm I'm ready to do some detective work. Chief, put me in. Put me on the case. <laughs> Yep, yep, everything's fine. This is great. Uh, all right, so we got we've got our starting moves. Uh, people, choose your alignments. Uh, uh, oh God, the oh alignments. Lord. All of them sound so fun. Uh, so, so to keep something important to keep in mind, this is very different from D and D. Is that uh, alignment is an additional is is a supposed to be a thing that you try to stay true to, but also. If you do it once per session, you will result in getting a single point of experience. This is sort of like a, in order to kind of hold a flag up and show your alignment, you are doing this this thing that satisfies Uh. it, and that results in you gaining stuff. Now, there are, beyond the three or so that will appear on each of those sheets, there are also... If I remember right, a list of like generic alignment things. If none of those speak to you, um, and I could find those uh, in the book, and because I could have sworn they are, they exist. Moves on page thirty three. Uh, if you are interested in doing other alignments than the one on the list, I can read it out. Uh, remember that there are no like mixed alignments inside of Dungeon World. There are only lawful, good, neutral, chaotic, or evil. And no, please, please don't take evil. 
And I think neutral makes the most sense at the moment. Uh, do you like the neutral yes, move that, that is, is listed the on reason, your sheet, or would that you is like the another reason one? that I like it? Is because well, what does it help say? an animal or spirit of the wild? Oh, that's awesome! It's good. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Let me um, let me uh, write down, take a note real quick that that's a motivation that oh, you yeah. have. That'll that'll be great. Well, I'm so good at typing, you wouldn't believe that I've written three novels. Uh, alignment help a creature or spirit of the wild. That's that's delightful. Thank you very much. Uh, welcome, welcome to to whatever we're gonna call it. Name. Welcome to Iron Immortals, where you regret that decision almost immediately. It'll be great. Um. Brianna Lana, what does impediment do? I feel like, uh, in the vein of our ranger, perhaps I should eschew the conventions of the civilized world. Which would be chaotic. That is a tough one to do, as a side note, but I'm certain that you will find a way to, to do that without being, uh... No, even being disruptive is funny. Everything's funny. It's great. Is old. I will find ways to be disruptive that are not disrespectful to what the players. Okay. Okay, that's good. Because uh, player disruption sucks. Characters, it, can, it depends. It depends. <laughs> it does. Me, uh, Professor Heisenberg. Be certain. Right. Um, Assistant. Are you, are you sure I can't use alchemy to cause terror and fear? Terror and fear. I mean, you could. Wickedness. It's just that's... Destructiveness. Evil. Evil. Evil's not on the table. Evil, no. Okay. You know. All right. That's cool. You, you, I mean, you I can could still be do that, evil, but, but remember that it's that you put your... Except for God, what a weird fucking... I should have just changed that on the sheet. Uh, I guess, actually, you know, if you wanted to be scary, if you wanted to be tricksy, you could be tricksy. Yeah, I don't really want to... I mean, I can still do okay. those things. I just won't get experience points for it. No, I want to discover things about magical mysteries. Neutra- neutrality, neutrality is my my jam. I promise I won't. I won't be like uh, some older Dungeons and Dragons interpretations of neutrality, meaning that every time I do something good, I have to do something evil to balance out oh, the moral God. nature of the universe. Uh, <laughs> God, fucking the. Uh... The universe does have a morality. There are spells that reference it, but at the same time, ugh. oh god, D and D. Okay, uh, that God D and D. What on earth happened to you? What made you think that was a good idea? Uh, we are almost done with this. Uh, you're going to choose your gear. Uh, that's a bunch of little check boxes on the back of your sheet. Um. They're going to have a weight to try to keep track of how much weight they cost. Uh, generally, it will be like, pick between these two things, and these two things, and these two things. And that's it. You don't go shopping before the initial adventure in Dungeon World. Yep, taking Unless along healing some... potions, because you guys are going to get hurt. Probably me too. Yep. What makes you think that? Well, 
just got a hunch. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, I would like you to keep in mind, you're, you've chosen to, to grab some healing potions. Uh, just be thinking about what that might look like for when the time comes to actually use it. Sure. Uh, because I do not want it to be a bottle of tonic that somebody drinks and then they feel better. I want it to be something other than that. Sure. You're so picky, Trick. I'm so sure. picky, but I just, I hate Final Fantasy potions so much. Can I can I take some custom moves that are based off the chemist class from Final Fantasy Tactics? Can I throw potions across a battlefield? Uh, I think that that could be how you magic missile. There's no problem with doing that. Hey, it's it's Rachel. She's going on a um, poker walk. I got. She's going. Oh, oh. Nice. So late in the dark. I know. The night. Well, I mean, she is a vampire. Oh, it's true. Like, she'll be fine. Actually, it's the other people we should warn. Um. Okay. Uh, I think everybody's chosen... Has anybody made a very interesting choice inside of their gear? Like, I can't remember the, the choices, so... The barbarian choices are pretty boring. Pretty boring, straightforward there. It's not like the fighter who defines part of the world by choosing their their opening gear. Because their signature weapon can be stupid important to the fiction of the world. Oh, the weapon that talks to them and, and whatever? Yep. That's the one, yeah. Generally, if someone's like, please tell me if you're good. Tell me ahead of time if you intend to take the heirloom that has spirits that live in it. That'd be good to know. Yeah. Yep. I think I might be able to take that cross class. Uh, I think the Barbarian can, actually. You could, if you wanted to, you could say, I want to find a crazy weapon in the woods. Tell me what it is, and I could work a way for that to happen. I'll think about it. Okay, or you can use that as, you know, oh, I'm going to level up, and I've noticed that this that we fought these things. I would like to grab its arm or its fang <laughs> and get myself a signature weapon today. Um, not that you're going to face a bunch of the things with A, extra arms, or B, fangs. Uh, so we're going to need to introduce our characters, but I don't actually like doing that until choosing bonds. Um, choosing bonds is really interesting. I want you to each have one bond with each other. You should have a bunch of suggested bonds on your sheets. Um, they should be below your alignment on most of these sheets. If I remember right, that right side isn't necessarily the same order on every page. Um, and it's, it's, you're supposed to fill in another character in the party's name. Uh, there are blank spaces for you. Bonds are interesting because they, A, establish the relationship that exists between your characters. They're a means of gaining experience inside of the game because at the end of each session, you will say whether or not you've resolved a bond. A bond has changed so much that it no longer applies. If you do, you gain an experience point. Um, you may also add bonds. Essentially, whenever is like when, how I like to do it, but in the end game review, you can be like, this one doesn't apply anymore. Uh, this one, or I have more than one bond with the same person is an important thing you can do. Because if you notice, whenever you try to help someone, you try to aid them in taking an action, uh, that is based on how many bonds you have with that character as your bonus to doing that, mm. that move. 
Um, so, uh, Hannah, mm. what are your bonds with the other characters? Um, I think Kaya um, enjoys a good joke with Reed. That sounds awesome. Um, we have a similarly snarky sense of humor and droll look at the world. Oh, right, because she eschews civilization. Great. Right. And, and, and Kaya is like, yeah, that'd be cool. I wish I could eschew civilization. Uh, so, weird side note. Uh, impediment is quite tall. Reed is quite tall, because that's so much easier to say. Yeah, because go, Reed do- is a long shanks. Yeah. How tall is uh, is Kaya? I hadn't thought about it, but not quite tall. I would say maybe like 5'7", five, 5'6". Five, she's not like noticeably short, but average. She's, she's taller the sh- than the current average American woman. Average American oh. women are kind of stupidly short. It's okay. Because if I remember right, that average is between 5'4 and 6". <laughs> Yeah. She's European. American. Okay, fair average, enough. Yeah, you're from the Empire. For, average height for American she, women circa late 90s was uh, five, four and a half. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I thought uh, I remembered. No, but it makes sense for her to be taller because of the nobility thing. Yes, and, and the, the they're essentially Nordic. The, the, the nobility of Kunin Forge are... Oh, For yeah. all intents and purposes, Finnish or yeah. Nordic. Yeah, no. So, so we'll say she can she can look Reed in the eye, but maybe kind of has to tilt her head a bit. Okay. All right. Fair, fair. I got that. And what about your relationship with our university fellow? Um, she. I'm sorry. The assistant adjunct professor. Assistant, assistant adjunct, adjunct professor. professor. Yes. Uh, the assistant adjunct professor. Um, she admires. Um the assistant adjunct professor's um, goals, but questions her morals. Ooh. It's not like you ever, she ever gets on the phone with ghosts. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, in that case, uh, professor. Yes. What are your bonds with uh, with the, the others in the uh, party? bonds. <clears throat> Let's see. How about how about Kaya? Has, Kaya will play an important role in the events to come. I have foreseen it. <laughs> oh my! Did you tell her because she's going to lord it over if you did? No. <laughs> oh my God! Yes, please. No, definitely no, not. Definitely okay, not. Great. <laughs> <laughs> you you foresaw enough to know that it was a bad idea to tell Kaya that she was important. <laughs> Nice. Okay. Um, and uh, what about your relationship Reed? with Reed? Yeah, Reed. Reed is keeping an important secret from me. Oh. Now we don't need to know what that is, but Reed, be thinking about a secret you might be keeping. I'll think about some. See, um, I, and I would like to keep in mind that one of those 
fun things is for Spout lore to actually trigger letting that secret out. Right. I also want to point out that I maybe sometimes watch way too many Korean melodramas, so, like, level of what kind of effed up secret this could be can get pretty ridiculous. See, I was envisioning that oh your character doesn't even know you're keeping a secret from me. <laughs> like, I think, yeah. I think you're keeping something important from me, but it's something that you just ignore or, you know, assume is true, and so, like, wouldn't even bother. Oh, I love of that. That's great. <laughs> That is great. I love it. I love the idea that you're, you know, you're, you're a sap runner. Clearly you're like a strong arm for a, for a sap running group, but nonetheless, you're a sap runner. You know how to mix a variety of like user grade alchemical things. Like, oh, somebody's brought you some sap. You know how to make sap tea with it. Yeah. Or you know how to make, oh, somebody's brought you this other manufactured you know, drug-like good. I know how to make them more palatable. (laughs) Yes, you know how to make them more palatable, but you might actually know how to activate... You might know some alchemical tricks that that poor Heisenberg doesn't. That's right. And I just don't realize it. You just don't care. You have no idea. And I'm like... Everybody knows how to do that. What are you talking about? (laughs) All right, Reed... What is uh, your relationship with these other uh, mischievous fellows? Oh, man. My, uh... My prompted bonds are very Conan. Uh, that's... These are... You don't necessarily need the Conan bonds, but you sure can. Uh... Well, I think definitely... I need to do the someone's ways are strange and confusing, but I'm not sure which of y'all it should be because you're both so academic and wait uh Isold's fashionable Isold's ways are strange and confusing that's right (laughs) like everything about like all of it because you've got you've got like some TGI Fridays going on on that sash. And... <laughs> what? 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 He said that he put a, he put flair on his robe, and flair is the term for, for all the pins, pins that right. people on yeah. TGI Fridays. I was have. I was gonna. I did not remember that. I was I was gonna ask. Uh, you know how come how come Reed gets those gets those um, bark cat pelts? to fall that way without using bias tape. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, you sleep in it for a week, and it kind of molds to your shape. <laughs> oh, God. Like, I just want to ask, like, I just want to take an interview show, goes, read, tell us about bathing. And then you just see it cut to the other people as they answer these questions, and reads just like, about what? About swimming? Isn't it what? Water poisonous? <laughs> I mean, we don't really swim much where I'm from. They're really big tegu in the water. Like, they'll eat you. Just waiting for you. Um, and... Someone's always getting into trouble. I must protect them from themselves. How Curiosity Killed the Cat is... Um, oh my god, I'm bad with names. Kaya, Kaya yes. 
Um, Kaya, how much trouble do you get yourself in? It's not so much curiosity kills the cat as her mouth goes off and she doesn't think about it until ten seconds later. I think that might be a fair bond to start with then. Yeah, I think that could work quite well. I can picture I'm not both sure of you. that I'm necessarily very good at protecting you from yourself. No, but you but can I, drag I feel invested me out in of the trying. bar exactly. while I yell some imprecations at someone. Exactly. M- making sure that, you know, I only hit them the once and the watch doesn't catch us. Or maybe sometimes protecting you from yourself is like joining in that bar fight. So it's not one against six, it's two against six. And really, they should be afraid because it's us. Yeah. And and my bark cat. <laughs> and your bark cat, right. Three against yeah. six. Two and a half. <laughs> uh, one of my very favorite lines from the old Batman series is, There are ten of us and two of you, but we are not afraid. <laughs> God, I love that line. <laughs> because Joker's henchmen are the best. Always. Um, okay, so th- those are bonds. We have... Uh, some ideas of our characters. Uh, there is an um, uh, an important step of character creation that we are skipping because I would actually like to open the next session with that. And that is uh, introduce yourselves, like describe your character. Uh, and so look at the example that's inside the Dungeon World book. Think about the things that you've said about yourself and think about like, you know, your quick way of introducing yourself to the podcast for the next session. We've we've reached nine o'clock, which I believe is like eleven o'clock there in Texas. By the way, Bob, Hannah's in Hi, Texas. Texas. No, you're not. You're in Missouri or I'm something. I'm in Missouri now. Hi, Missouri. Oh, or is it Missouri? God. The land of my birth. I have no idea. I've only been here for two weeks. Oh wow! Did you just move? Yep. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you once again for listening to The Crooked Thimble as we play Iron Immortals. We should be putting up new episodes every week, though the first new episode after this one may be a little late as I prepare for and then attend PAX. Our music this week was Morning City, composed by Sergei Cheremzinov. You may find links to his work in the show notes. Please do share this podcast with whatever means you have available, and remember that The Crooked Thimble is a Patreon-funded company. If you want to hear more of these adventures, please head on over to www.patreon.com slash crookedthimble and support us. Also, remember that Seven Days a Servant, my novel set in the Iron Immortals world, is available now on Inkshares. Head over there, order a copy, and recommend the page. And, as always, thank you. Thank you.